Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Um, so we've been, this is uh, season 14. This is season 14 of, of Business Garage. We started on the 7th of July, if I'm not mistaken, and today is the 6th of, of October, and we've been going for f- 14 weeks, and it's getting better, isn't it? Good. Uh, give me a signal, Mama. Ah, fantastic. I've received <laughs> So we've been going through these four stages of idea development, and we talked about incubation, we talked about production, we talked about multiplication and dominion. That for every business here, if you go through this, you will do that that God has called you to do as a business. I was listening to a guy this week and he said, there is one thing that you can do for the poor that is extremely important. And you know what that one thing is? He said, don't be among them. There's one thing you can do for businesses that are not dominating out there. Don't be among them. That's the one thing that you can do for them. Play big. There are too many small businesses. Don't be among them. So we are moving towards domination. There are very many people who are at incubation. We have so many incubation hubs. Some have begun to produce, others are multiplying, but really the goal should be to dominate, okay? And we see that it is actually in God's word that he's called us indeed to dominate. This is our mandate in Genesis 1.28. He says, let's read together. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So indeed, in God's plan, in God's world, everything has been wired for increase. Even the universe is expanding. Amen? So we went on to see, how do we get to this thing? You know, sometimes you can cast a vision so big, and then you don't know how to chip away at it. So we began to study these seven strategies for multiplication. Okay? So we saw that strategy one was the leader, okay? The leader's personal growth, and we looked at it from one, a branding perspective. Just uh, yesterday, I met a friend who attended um, um, the business garage where I spoke about branding, and he said they had a bit of an argument. Should the business, shouldn't the business be bigger than the person? Should the person be? And then he said, you know, we came back round and actually agreed that indeed the individual should be bigger than the business. And I, I, you know, as we were sharing, I told him the story of Walt Disney. So Walt Disney dreamt about this Disney world, which most of us have only heard about and seen on TV. And unfortunately, one of his parks, as it was being launched, it was after he had died. And someone stood up and remarked and said, oh, how we wish that he was alive to see this. And someone said he saw it before we all did. So that is what the leader does. That when you see a business get to any height, it's not because the leader has chanced upon that, but the leader went ahead. 
and saw it before everyone did. And Mose came and shared on the steps on how you can begin to grow, being in those environments, meeting the people that you need to. And there were really practical things, and I believe that if we implement them, we'll get there. Then we talked about creating clarity. As a leader, you create clarity. And we had the two Chris's come here and talk to us about creating clarity. And Chris did very well while he posed those six fundamental questions. And then Chris Nsubuga was here and gave us a very um, detailed way of how you can indeed create clarity on the four decisions that he does as a coach with Gravitas Impact, which is taking the decision of strategy, execution, people, and minding the cash, okay? And today we are talking about the third strategy, which is about branding and awareness. And my desire is that at the end of this garage, you will go away and begin to take deliberate steps on how you can actually brand and create awareness for whatever venture it is that you are involved in. Amen? Good. So let's go back to God's word. This is Business Garage, and we are learning principles from the Bible. Go ahead. Let's read together. Matthew 16, 15 to 18 says, He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. I got to learn that Bar is not a name, but it says Simon, son of Jonah. Okay? For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I know you've re maybe read or seen this scripture being thrown about and you're asking, how does this relate to branding and awareness? So I put my words to it. And this is what you should do as you're testing your business, as you're testing your product. So the entrepreneur said to his target audience, but who do you say that I am? And one customer answered and said, you are the answer, the solution, to my problem. The entrepreneur answered and said to him, Blessed you are, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my reason for existence, which is at the core of my brand. And I also say to you, uh, to you, you are my core customer, and on this knowledge I will build my brand, and the competition shall not prevail against it. Amen. This is a conversation that is happening because this, these are two things that I want us to see. And anyway, we'll, we'll talk about them as we go. We go, we go. You want to go back? Okay. <laughs> Friends, let's, you know, branding has been talked about in so many arenas. I mean, I think just in the last year or, yeah, in the last year or two years, I've been talking a lot. I've had opportunity to share about branding in very many spaces and sometimes I feel like, is there anything new? Is there anything new? But every time I keep digging further, I get to discover that it's actually, it gets fresher and fresher as you go along, okay? So, this is what branding is essentially about. And at the end of this talk, this is what you should be thinking about. What do you see? 
What do you see? Chorus answers are welcome. Yeah, you see a black dot. What do you see? A square. What do you see? Okay, collectively you are seeing black geometric shapes. Okay? Let's see something again. What do you see? What do you see? What do you now see? Okay. Fantastic. So that's the Disney logo, right? That's Apple, Nike, and Disney. So branding is basically taking meaningless geometric shapes, okay, and making them meaningful and turning them into multi-billion businesses. They are all black shapes, but they mean something different to you now that you see them because they have been carefully branded. Okay? So your logo is not your brand. It is just one of the elements of your brand. Your logo is not your brand. I am into this business, but I find people who think that I mean, they are so stuck up on the logo, they forget everything else. They want every color in there. They want it to speak. I mean, I was working for one parastate organization who were doing their rebrand. And because some people believe in, uh, they believe in, des in, in design by committee, <laughs> yeah? consensus, we must all agree that this is what we want. So we're doing this thing and just working on a logo, a symbol, you know, something to speak for the brand. And someone said, we would like you to show us the global mandate of our business in the logo. How do you show the global mandate with a world map? I mean, the world map has already been drawn, you know? So it's things like that. And then it is subject to interpretation, Okay. These are the, there are very many benefits of branding, okay? Brands are both strategic and financial, okay? They help to create customer loyalty, like when you see that Apple, when you see that Nike tick, when you see that, those things are both strategic and financial. You can now not just take that Apple logo and use it on your product. You will be sued for lots of money because it means much more than what you see. Then brands also give you the ability to set even higher prices. Why? Because they are associated with quality. They have been intentionally thought through. Okay? They are deliberate. So that is why branding and awareness for any business is key. You have to be intentional, deliberate. Why? Because one, it's going to build customer loyalty for you. People will know how to identify you. Two, it's going to help you to set a higher price because people know that you believe in what you're doing and you can uh, really uh, keep your promise, okay? Let's look at this logo. What do you see when you see this logo? Do you see thirsty people? Do you see drink? Do you see, what do you see? You just see a word mark of Coca-Cola, right? Now, the company is valued at around $175 billion. The company as a whole, plant and equipment, moving and non-moving things. 
Okay? And out of that $175 billion of the company, the brand value, the, something that is not tangible, something that is associated to that logo, okay, is valued at about $75 billion. Okay? should have had the logo there, but the brand value. So, meaning that if they decided to give you as a gift everything, all their plant and equipment, okay, and denied you using their logo, they would have, they would have given you maybe a hundred billion worth of stuff, and you may not do much with it. Yeah? So, let's look at branding at the core. Why is branding important? Why should you brand? And how are you going to do this branding thing? Okay? So this is the core of branding. For those of you who have businesses and you have not really thought about branding them, as you have that conversation, as you have that discussion with your business partners and people, this is what you should be thinking about. That at the core of your brand, at the core of whatever it is you want to put out, is what is called the brand essence. Okay? The personality traits of the brand. So what do you want people to, even before they see a logo, before they see a product, what is it, what is the brand essence? What do you want people to associate it with? Is it reliable? Is it friendly? Is it simple? For those who are doing, before he came up with the logo of PayUG, he was thinking about how should people relate to PayUG. It should be a simple way of getting payments. Before he even put a look to it and color and everything. It was about simplicity in moving money to and fro. That is at the core of what the brand is. Okay? The second is the benefit that it gives. Okay? What problem does it solve? He well articulated, I mean, Patrick well articulated, what problem it is that he solves. He wants people to know that he, at the essence, at the core, is that he's moving money. Moving money is simple, but he also wants people to know that he's solving the problem of them having not to, okay, if you don't have a credit card, if PayPal is not in your country, you know, it's, don't worry about that. We can still get money simply to you. So the problem he's solving is money, changing hands, but he's also making it simple, okay? So I'd like to assume that on his platform, what he's going for is a two-click step thing, as in the, at the core of the brand is it should be one click or two clicks and you're there because he's aiming for simplicity. Whatever happens in the background is for him to figure out, but he's pushing for simplicity. That is the core of the brand. Two clicks. Then the problem is with those two clicks of simplicity, money moves from left to right or right to left. And then finally is creating those tangible attributes that people can relate with, touch, hold, uh, talk about, and refer others to, which are now the things you'd look at, the logo, um, their network, and all those. Those things are a bit more tangible, but you can see that the, at the core of his brand is the essence, what people want to associate it to, is uh, the benefit of the product or service that it gives, and then, finally, are the tangible things. Maybe, uh, as time goes by, he might invest in some bit of hardware if need be. Okay? So, those are the tangible things. How do they look? I mean, we've seen 
uh, I think MasterCard, I think it's um, PayPal or MasterCard, they have launched a very small gadget. It's almost like a phone that terminates payments from cards. So you can have it, it's linked to the internet, you know, stuff like that, and you can vend from anywhere. You don't have to go to the bank, sign up, have a bank account with a bank, you know, things like that. So those are the tangible attributes, but the brand is cascading right from the innermost part of it, which is the brand essence, and we'll talk more about it. So the brand essence is what are the human-like personality traits of your business? Is it exciting? Is it sincere? Is it rugged? Is it uh, smooth or whatever? Is it comp competent? And is it sophisticated? In the service industry, sophistication works a lot. Yeah, it helps because that's where people make the extra killing, sophistication, where they create uh, first class and second class. You're in the same plane. If anything happens, you all go to the maker. But there are guys who will go to the maker in class. You know, eh? <laughs> they will be received first. These guys are entering first, you know. So that's, you know, sophistication works. That's the brand essence, Okay. The second one we talked about is the benefits. What problem does your business solve to its customer? If it's a hotel, before you talk about linen sheets, manya what, our rooms are bigger and everything, the core of the problem is people are looking for accommodation. The rest are add-ons, you know? If it's a vehicle, it's getting from point A to point B. People don't want to know about the leather seats. Those come in secondary, okay? If it is soap, it is hygiene. So if it smells nice but doesn't solve the problem, then you are doing a perfume. You get what I mean? It's hygiene, so the benefits. Then we talk about the attributes, which are the things that most people are, because people have always believed that uh, people are visual, you must show them, you must attract them, but they will come and they'll find that there isn't something at the core and they'll run away. So many people invest in colorful things but if you lack that essence, that core of what your brand is about, people will come, test it, and disappear. But you need to hook them so visually colorful. Is it sweet? Is it smooth when people touch or feel? Okay? Let's just look at the five levels. Now, that was just an explanation of the three levels. Let's look at the five levels of branding. Um, I've been just going through a bit of how can you, how can you put this together for someone to take action, okay? How can you put it together? So let's talk about five levels of branding. Where do you need to start today, you who is here? Amen? So one is define the brand. Just define your brand. And as we know, a brand is a promise that has been made and a promise that has been kept. That is a brand. Promise made, promise kept is your brand. One of the most interesting brands that I read about is Southwestern Airlines. Southwestern Airlines has an amazing brand promise that they keep tweaking and putting in, in even in their comms in very creative ways. And making it even part of their catchphrase, they say, we beat the competition, not you. They just beat the competition. How do these guys do it? These guys run a bus service in the air. It's a bus service in the air. When you buy a ticket on Southwest Airlines, okay, it doesn't matter which time you bought it for. 
you show up at the airport at your earliest convenience, and if there is an airline, Southwestern, that is taking off, you board. You understand? You have a ticket? Is it Southwestern? Is it paid for? Yes. So, if you are late for the 9 o'clock, you can get on to the 10 o'clock. If you are late on the 10 o'clock, you get on the 11 o'clock. They are not, you are still within Southwestern. Okay? They don't allocate seats. You know, now you are business class, but they don't allocate seats. Do you have a ticket? Yes. Is there a space? Yes. Sit. And we go. They don't serve meals. You came to go, right? Was there what it did? It took end. They don't say. They, uh, the other thing is that they're extremely humorous. Their flight attendants, the way they make announcements, it's humorous. They, I, I was watching one of them on YouTube. It's actually therapeutic if you go and watch. You know? One of them said, and you know how they crack jokes, he said, uh, this plane has eight exits. It's not like your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike your marriage, this plane has eight exits. You know, so it's just hilarious. And these guys are allowed to put a personal touch, so they, and they joke about it. That is how they have defined themselves. That is the core of their brand. And I know that Chris shared some, a story about uh, Southwestern when he was giving this whole thing about Christ, because they are so clear about who they are as a brand and their, the definition of who they are. One time, an elderly lady flew with Southwestern, got on through the aeroplane. They did not allocate high seat. They told her, find where to sit. She sat. She was so mad. There were no meals. The people were joking throughout the announcements. She wrote to the CEO a very long letter saying how she was extremely disappointed that even a very serious thing like safety briefing was being made a joke of. She was, she was like, you know, I've flown with you guys, but this, this thing here, and I'm, she was extremely furious. And the CEO read the letter, and he replied with one sentence. Dear so-and-so, we will miss you. <laughs> We're not going to change who we are for you. That's the definition of who we are as a brand. So as a business, you need to have, you need to define who you are. Because it's going to help you fend off those customers who want to come for you to make them to, to suit their need. And that derails you from the vision, right? So imagine if someone came and said, now for us we are looking for you to do this thing, but when it is in supermarkets, I have a supermarket, I want you to make for me a payment platform for my supermarket. You see what I mean? It's a payment platform, but it's not within your vision. It's, it's taking you off. You are moving money from here to there Simply and online. So define the brand. Then get your brand values. What are your key behaviors as a brand? How do you behave? How do you express yourself consistently on a day in, day out, um, uh, every day, right? What is your belief system? And we talked about Southwestern. Those are some of their hostesses. And for them, this is their, their thing. They say Southwestern Airline is, de is uh, dedication to highest quality of customer service delivery with a sense of warmth, friendliness, individual pride, and company spirit. The company spirit is where they say, go and apply yourself, go and be happy, you know? This is a non-stop, non-smoking, non-whining flight. That's what they say. 
non-stop, non-smoking, non-whining. As in, don't complain. Are you seated? Are we flying? Don't whine. Okay? Three is identify your brand drivers. Okay? What are the descriptive aspects of your brand? This can be emotional that people can't touch, or they can actually be um, functional benefits. Okay? They can be emotional, but they can also be functional. What are your brand drivers? What drives your brand? Let's look at Coca-Cola. This Coca-Cola bottle, and now they even draw it as a silhouette. So you, when you see it even in black and white without the writing, you know that's a Coca-Cola bottle. Right? Why? What did they do? These guys created a unique bottle. Everyone had a bottle which was shaped like it was just a cylinder or something. These guys carved it in the middle and gave it that almost that hourglass feel. Okay? That was their brand driver. And they even branded for the dark because if you touch their bottles, they have those ribs. You know those iconic glass bottles? They have those. So they appealed to people who are visually impaired. Their thinking was our brand when you put it in the hands of someone who can't see, they will feel it and know it. They can tell what it is. If you walked into a dark room and they said, bring a Coca-Cola bottle, and there were no lights, you just have to touch it, and you'll know this is a Coca-Cola bottle. Okay? They are functional. Why? It's 300 mils, but it looks taller, but they, have, they are cheating some space in it, so it also works for them. It also enhances grip. It's easy to hold and, yeah, you know, things like that. So, all those are part of the attributes that are, uh, are linked to the brand of who they are. So those of you who are into products, this is something that you also need to think about. Okay? The brand architecture. So most of you have very many businesses. Um, and some of us have possibly one business. Now people keep saying, so do I, open, do I have a logo for every business or do I open one business and put everything under? It's up to you. It depends on what you want to do. So look at it as building a house with many rooms. You can focus on the superstructure on the house. You come into here and you experience all the rooms inside one house. Or you can have a house that you don't really invest in on how it looks on the outside, but you invest on the individual rooms looking um, unique. For example, there's a house called Procter & Gamble, and these are all the rooms that are in that Business, Mukwano Group of Industries. So they, they have very many products that stand alone. You even hardly know that it's Mukwano Industries. You know Nomi, you know Tos, you know what, all those things. Um, the same with these guys. Then there are these guys here who do very many things. So they can do a caterpillar, they can do uh, a grader or whatever it is. But for them, the company is the brand and everything falls under that. So you can do that for your business. So if you're doing, uh, for example, if you're doing um, what product? Who is into a product? Yeah, I know someone who is into a product. If you're doing soap, you can have one name for the soap and it's all called whatever name you want to call it and there's hand washing, there is uh, uh, washing, so it is like star soap maybe, but you have star for the hands, star for clothes, stuff or floors and whatever it is, or you can create different brands and, um, yeah, you brand them differently for the different functions that they have. And then finally, you give your brand a personality, okay? 
So you have these human-like attributes that your audience can relate with. So when they say that brand is honest, it means that you give them your, your or maybe trustworthy. It means that they trust the brand like they would trust the person. Okay? They trust the brand like they would trust the person. So in, very, in, in some of the ways, like how you do this for your brand, think about the attributes of a person you'd really want to relate with, and those are the attributes you give to your brand. And these are likely the attributes that you'll pass to your team, okay? So when you're training your team about their brand personality, there are certain things that they need to take on these brand personality traits in order for them to give that service consistently to um, your customers and continue to arouse the same emotions, feelings about your brand, okay? So these are the things which are really in this whole thing of branding before you even start slapping on a logo. As we learned Starbucks coffee, last week I think Chris talked about it, that Starbucks discovered that theirs was an escape. They sell you an escape, they give you coffee. After you've taken one sip, you close your eyes and your problems melt for a while. So before they, were these, they had these shops which did not smell nice, the thing was like, for us we are selling coffee to give to guys. Okay, we are about coffee, you come, you buy coffee, it's coffee you want, right? Get coffee and go. Or get coffee and sit somewhere and drink your coffee. So it ceased to be about the product because they got to discover that they were about creating an escape and they remodeled even their stores. So when people go there, they feel like they have gone to a place where they can escape and then they experience the brand, not only what they drink, but even the ambience is talking about an escape and allowing people also to connect. Um, as you can see, there are very many people, but most of them are in their own world, either on the phone, drinking their coffee, or you know, so it's, that's how their space is. And to build awareness, really, is to create that brand and remain true to the core of your brand. Remain true to the core of your brand. Remain true to the core of your brand. Be consistent. Be persistent. Remain true to the core of your brand. Many people keep asking me, <clears throat> so marketing, branding, PR, advertising, how do these things relate? I found this online and I found it very, very interesting. This is marketing. Guy walks up to a chick and says, I'm a good guy. Okay? That's called marketing. You walk up to your customer and say, I have a good product. Okay? This is advertising. The guy walks up to the chick and says, I'm a good guy. But I'm a good guy. You know I'm a good guy. He says it several times. He's now advertising. Okay? So you keep throwing this thing into your customers' faces every so often to try and create that top of a mind awareness thing. Okay? MTN is very good for that. Since they, they have never been off air, because they understand they understand. MTN has been on all radios. They go and buy bulk. They have been in the papers. They, they try and they have to be in your face. For them, they advertise. For if you run your advert today and nothing happens for the next whatever and you say, Nange, we advertised and we didn't get results. <laughs> you, are, you are mistaken. Okay? So you say it repeatedly. This is public relations. You get someone else 
to tell the person you want to tell that you are a good guy. Believe me, the other guy is good. Eh? And now with this whole social media influencers, everyone thinks they are doing PR and marketing for their, because they say, now you put it on your page about me, that he, you know, and people now get read about, you know, you, like the, the, the influencer space is known, eh? their, their handles are known, their what, people know like, okay, Bambi, the guy is here making a buck, what, all those things. So, <laughs> they, they know, yeah, you're making a buck, the guy is, he's a little hustle, eh? he, he has posted, Possibly he doesn't believe, believe what he's saying. He has been given a script. But to do it so well is how do you get people to, like, I mean, look at, for example, let's use Apple. When you find someone who is a cultic lover of the iPhone, you see, they talk about it like, believe me, this is the phone, right? And those are guys who have done it right, okay? This is branding. Branding is where the person walks up to you and says, I understand that you are a good guy. Okay? Maybe you have gone through all the other phases. Okay? You have said it to them, said it again, then they have heard it from someone, and now they are telling it to you. That is when you have branded. So as a business, that's what you should be thinking about in this whole thing of creating branding. But by the, t by the time someone says it, to another person, what are they saying? Is it consistent? Is it clear? Okay? And when it comes from the other person telling you, are you on the same page? Okay? And to create advertising and awareness looks like this. Says, I understand that you, you are good, you are born again, and you are single. Okay? The, you have branded and they are aware. Okay? <laughs> that is what it looks like. So what is your brand promise? That is the question that I want you to go away with. What is your brand promise? What promise are you going to make or are you making to your customer through your service, your product, and how are you keeping that promise? What is your brand promise? What is your brand promise? Think about it as a business, even as an individual. What is your brand promise? Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you get your brand promise right and you have dug and understood what is at the core of that brand promise that you're making and you make that promise to someone and you keep that promise I can guarantee you, you will get results. Amen? Thank you very much, and God bless you. Thank you. Maybe we have some time for a question or two. Yeah, great. Let's get some questions, some comments. If you have a product that you'd want us to try and, um, or a, a company that you'd want us to really help dig at the core of what it is that you sell and you're not afraid to come and say, this is what I'm into. What is my brand all about? We can pose those questions in the remaining minutes and try to make sense of what your brand promise is. Is there anyone who is uh, vulnerable enough who wants to try out this thing with their product and use the board? Please come forward. Thank you. Put your hands together for... Great.
morning. I'm Masi by name, Nakalembe, and I'm the founder of the Miller Shop. Um, I believe there are some ladies who have heard or used it. Is there anyone? <laughs> or anyone who has seen it online? Anywhere? Yeah, this is, it's the Miller Shop. It's an online ed shop. Like your stock, your anywhere, you want to shop, you want clothes for any occasion. You just log on to your Facebook. We have an app, a phone app. It's the Miller Shop. Facebook is the Miller Shop. And um, the website is www.themillershop.com. You get anything, clothes, shoes, anything for ladies. Yeah, that is who, the Miller Shop. T-H-E-M-I-L-A Shop. It's one word. You don't separate it. You can try it on your phones, please, ladies. <laughs> You can try it, ladies and gentlemen. Eh? Yeah. The Miller Shop. You can try it. Facebook could be, could be quicker. Anyone has tried it? T-H-E-M-I-L-A Shop. Yeah. On Facebook, it's the Miller Shop. The app is the Miller Shop. And the website is www.themillershop.com. Anyone has tried it? You can like and follow us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. An online shop. You can shop anywhere at home. Even now, you can just put in your request, but we serve um, from Monday to Saturday. You make your orders, they deliver to your doorsteps. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, just tell us about your product and what is at the core of it, the problem that you solve, and what is the brand promise. Okay, it's more of a service, I would say a product, it's a service, yeah? So basically, it's about you get to get what you want at any time, at any place. Like you're in office, you need a dress, you have a function tomorrow, you don't have to go to town to look for clothes, you log on to our website, our app, or our page, and you make your order, and within two hours, it's on your desktops, even up country, we deliver anywhere across East Africa. Wow. Yeah. Before you, before you go, first hold on a minute here. So... The brand promise here is that you deliver anywhere. Yeah. At your convenience. At your convenience. Exactly. Okay? It's for ladies mainly, right? Uh, we deal with ladies' stuff. Okay, yeah. ladies' stuff. So if I'm in the office and accidentally my Kakondo heel breaks, okay, I don't have to call a border guy to go home, talk to the person, then they give, open for them, they give them the shoes, and then they bring them to me. Um, if it was a one-out shoe anywhere and I want another shoe, I can, and I have a meeting in two and a half hours, within the two hours I'll have a shoe. Exactly. So I'll see the shoe online, I'll like it, I'll but order for it, order for it yes. and you will deliver it. Yes, and the payments are done online, so the person is just delivering. Cause the, the payment. payments are flexible, it's online or cash on delivery. Or cash on delivery. Fantastic. And how many people are you reaching so far? What's the volume of one? I have a following of 60,000 followers on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm client of, of um, like 50 clients a day. 50 clients a day. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing stuff. Good. We still have uh, some questions. If you, please, please, come. Let's, let's have these questions. We have maybe about eight minutes. All right. Um, morning, everyone. Um, thank you very much, Kamara, for that very insightful presentation. I have a question. Um, the brand promise. Can it be one? Can it be three? Can it be five? Can it be ten? 
Um, so it's either yes or no, but just give me your guide in terms of like the maximum promises you should make um, going to market, like singular promise, like should it be one or multiple? Maybe just your guidance on that one. Good, let's take the other question and then we'll dive into it. Okay. At what point does a company need a rebrand? Okay. Um, starting with the, 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 the brand promise. I think the fewer the promises you make, the better. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think it should be one um, that you make and absolutely keep, but in that, you can touch on others, but you should have your core, that one promise that if it is a, a, a gadget that works, it should be a gadget that works, and then the excellence of it comes in, in that it's working, the timely delivery comes in, and that thing, that, you know? So her brand promise is about time, but she might not talk about friendly prices, she might not talk about... Um, payment solutions, but for her she's saying what I'm selling you is the ability to get to you within two hours. And I think that is what is compelling. One of the things that I have gotten to learn about branding is that it no longer matters what you say to your customer. It no longer matters what you say to your customer. It is what they think about you that matters the most. It is what they think about you that matters. So how do you plant that? So how do you get them to think about you a certain way is by taking that one promise and leaving it out and then they know you for it, okay? And then again, what is also very interesting is that it no longer matters on the quality of the product that you offer. The quality of the product that you offer is no longer important. It is the quality of the community that you can build around that product. It is the quality of the community that you can build around the product. There are people who are happy to pay for substandard products because, or may not substandard, but they are happy to pay for a certain level of products, but it's because the product has built that, yeah, it's, it's, it appeals to them, it makes sense to them, and they are able to attract like-minded people. This is how Huawei and the techno have come and cut out a huge chunk of the market in the African market because people are not looking for excellence per se, they are looking for the ability to connect with the gadget. So it's not even the quantity, it's the quality. So if a guy who is in a certain income bracket and knows many of his friends tells them about this product, then they begin to say, this is ours. We have had things of Muntuawansi kind of things. Now the Muntuawansi is people trying to carve out as, yeah, to build a certain um, community for their products. Okay, these products will appeal to everyone. If you go to um, if you go to Cafe Javas, they will give you a bean burrito. Do you know a bean burrito? It's a bean burrito where it is a chapati with beans. Chikomando otherwise. But it's been named, it's been whatever, and it's been sold at a premium because you're a bit more sophisticated. But other guys call it Chikomando, you call it a bean burrito. So it's about the quality of the community you're able to rally around your product. It's no longer much more about um, the product or service. 
So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, 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 one. Brand rebrand. The company is ready for a rebrand. I think in many cases we see this in Uganda where you walk into a, a, a shop, you get not so good customer service, and then you walk by the next day, and they have repainted the shop, and they have put a signage under new management. They have possibly changed the name, and then you walk in there, and you get the same horrible service. Then you come back two months later, and then uh, they have painted it another color, and uh, there's another signage now saying, management notice under new management. Then you walk in and get the same horrible service. I think a company is ready for a rebrand when the leader or the people who are leading the business have really nailed down what their brand promise is that they would like to keep. When you feel like you've been running around in many other things, and now you know what promise you want to make and keep to your customer, you can say now, judge us on this. And then you can shift that attention. That's when you do a rebrand. Okay, yeah, so that's it. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, let's connect. Let's have coffee. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.